0: I'm starting the recording now, Pooja. Okay. Hi, guys, and welcome to the new episode of Center for Digital Marketing and Communication, where we talk about marketing, communication, and digital entrepreneurship to people. And today, I have a very special guest with me. Her name is Pooja. Pooja has been my senior in college uh, when I was doing my master's, and we have also been colleagues at my first job. So, although we worked for a very short time, but I know Pooja from last nine years and before this podcast, we also talking about when we met last, uh, last time, nine years back. So, Pooja, welcome to
1: the podcast. Hi, Abhishek. And yeah, thank you for giving me this opportunity. It's lovely to uh, be on this podcast and share a few of my learnings and lessons that I've had along the journey with the uh, listeners of CDMC. Great,
0: great, great. So, Pooja, uh, why don't you tell all our listeners about what you do, what you are doing? And when I ask my guests, I ask them to start from the beginning. And uh, so when, what schooling, what all you did, and put masala also in this, put more (laughs) movies around it so that all of us can know better about you. Sure,
1: sure, Vishek. Um, so yeah, I mean, I grew up in Pune pretty much and did my schooling in Pune, um, um, grew up in a traditional family where, you know, that, and back then there were only three mediums that we had, like, you know, three fields in, of study, you could get into engineering, become a doctor or become a CA or, you know, an accountant. And I didn't want to do any of these, but I did not have any direction in life as such, Um uh, um you know just getting in there i was like i don't know what i'm going to do um there was this aunt of mine who used to work at nasa back then and i remember you know i'm like this is what i want to do i want to go to nasa and then eventually i was like okay this is (laughs) this is not happening uh and then my dad um you know uh he convinced me to start studying ca so i joined the foundation and i cleared that and um, I was about to give my um, the second exam and um, that's when I was like no this is not happening Dad. I cannot give this exam I am not prepared and this is not what I want to do in life and he's like okay what do you want to do and I'm like I really don't know because I don't have that clarity right now but I know that this is not what I want to do um, yeah so I completed I continued with my graduation in uh, Pune, I did my graduation in commerce. And, um, you know, we used to have these different career counseling sessions in college and, you know, there were different aptitude tests that you could take and um, I started doing a bit of research because I was like, what next. And that's when I thought that, okay, communications is something that I enjoy, and my dad has a bookshop back in Pune, and it's one of the oldest and I grew up reading books and uh, you know being at the bookshop so um that was something that really uh, inspired me to join a communications course and s i m c was uh, one of the only institutes that was offering like a master's or an m b a in communications so um, I enrolled, got through and um, did my MBA in public communications and PR. So that's the that's story up till my post-graduation. And I don't remember meeting you in College Abhishek. Uh, I think uh-huh. we only bumped into each other um, at, you know, Windchimes, which was a social media agency. But my first job was actually into events. So I would say that um, I, I have had a stint in different aspects of marketing and communication over the last ten years. I've done PR, events, PPL, social media, SEO, corporate communications, all different things, and it's been a great sort of roller coaster, right? But a fun one. Um, and um, um, if I look back and reflect, I think every every job or every um, skill that I have picked up along the way has added value um, over a period of time. Um, At the moment, I am, um, um, so I moved to Australia in um, 2016, I think. So it's been about four years now in 2020. Uh, And, you know, my career uh, started in digital marketing when I was at when i was back home in india and then over here moving on i started working with one of the big four banks in and looking after their um digital communications for digital banking so yeah that's that's what that's pretty much what i've been doing over the last few years
0: great great puja and puja so i uh i remember you said that you wanted to be in nasa and i think that's that's every child's dream but uh Lots of people get into digital marketing by accident. So do you remember that last incident which pushed you towards towards digital marketing and what was the cause of it? And now obviously we can see the effect of, of that incident. Do you remember that last point
1: when you moved to Vinchai's? Yes, yes. I do remember that, uh, Abhishek, very well. Um, so... Um, one of the reasons was that I was working in Mumbai and I wanted to shift to Pune. And uh, this was something that I, uh, that came by and uh, I was like, okay, it's new. It's something that will help me learn. And digital marketing uh, back then was very, very in, uh, I would say in the infancy stage, we, like, if we look at digital marketing, the only thing we knew about then was social media. So, you know, today we, we look at digital marketing as, you know, having SEO, doing your paid search, doing social media, and so many other things. But back then, it was just social media marketing, purely focused on Facebook and Twitter, That only two platforms being back then. So um, I joined Winchines and I was doing that and um, learned all about social media. But I think my true turning point in my career came when um, I joined this startup uh, in Pune. So this was in 2013, um, and this was more like, you know, they say that you sometimes have to, um, there comes a point in your life where you decide whether you want to take a risk or whether you just want to be in a secure job. So I was working with a big uh, brand back then. Uh, I was working with Tata and this came by. So um, There was someone from Australia, uh, a startup that they were looking to hire and open an office in Pune. And um, I interviewed, I got through, um, and I got selected and I was like, okay, I've never heard of this company. You know, there is a startup. It's a big risk. Um, and should I be doing this? Should I move from, um, you know, a brand that is uh, like Tata and then, you know, go join a startup? So that was like, that came like a turning point in my life that I decided that it was okay. Um, what is there to lose? I mean... Um, you know, at the most things won't work out and I may just be looking for a new job. But things did work out and um, I was their first employee that was hired in the marketing agency. So it was called Sancto Digital in Pune. And, um, you know, they hired me. And um, so the CEO and founder, Alistair, um, he actually flew down from Australia. So he and his wife, they were running um, a travel company already and a digital marketing agency. So this was like their fourth two companies that they were running separately here uh, in australia and they flew down to pune and um, i had that amazing uh, training from him so it was like a one-on-one training and that's when i learned that digital marketing is so much more than social media so um, you know he taught me all the basics of seo you know you know how to write a blog but then apply the principles of seo to it how to what how can you have, like, how do, how do you build a website? How do you do SEO for websites? Um, and I think that that the three months or three or four months that I had with him, 101, that really helped me, um, you know, practice everything that I was learning. Like So there was these skills that I was learning on the job, and then I was applying on the client's um, strategy, so that that really um, helped a lot, I think, and that was I, I cannot thank him enough for everything that I did. And since I was the only employee, all his time was, you know, oh. dedicated towards training me, and because he had to fly back um, here and you know set up things here, so uh, I think that was amazing that that time that I had with him one on one. So I would say it's like a mentor and. Um, I think if you can you know it's really important to find a mentor at some stage in your career and um, you know keep up with that learning
0: right right so guys who who are listening to this podcast who are not aware about what is Tata's culture and what is India's culture Tata is so my wife has been working with Tata's from last 12 years and somebody who gets into Tata's they, they never leave it so Pooja my next question which comes intuitively is uh, what for? What was your parents' response when you said, "I want to leave Tata's and join a startup"? What, what did they say?
1: <laughs> oh well, um, well, it was it was kind of a mixed response because um, uh, my dad, uh, like, he was like, "Okay, well, give me." He he's very logical. He's like, "Tell." He's asking me questions like, Why, why do you think you want to do this?" And I was like, "Look, it's, I will learn something new." Um, it's digital marketing. It's it's the field that's growing. It's an area that, that's going to go, that's going to grow extensively over the next few years. And that's what exactly happened. And, um, um, you know, I may be with Tata, but, you know, here I can make a name and, you know, uh, grow along and learn something new. So he said, okay, it's your decision, because my parents have never um, really taken decisions for me. They leave it to me. They do ask me those questions and guide me. But, uh, in terms of taking decisions it's always been you know me taking decisions for myself so um like okay if you want to do that he was supportive uh, my mom was supportive as well so um, that really helped and i think um yeah as you said you know um leaving tata like one people who join tata they usually never leave but i think it was a risk that i took back then and um, yeah i was there for um about four years before i moved to australia so um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have left if I was still in India, I would still be working because that was a job I think um, that, that was going really well for me and I enjoyed uh, working with them.
0: Great, so finally this, all these things, all this risk worked out well for Pooja. So guys, all those who are listening to this podcast, I think this a very, very important point which uh, Pooja has mentioned here is, is that in the initial years, look for learning and don't look for earning. Because once you learn, automatically money will come, money will follow you if you are good at your work and getting a mentor initially, initially in your career is extremely important because that is something which, which fits in your base, which gives you a base for the rest of your life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely true. So moving on to my next question, Pooja, is uh, since you have worked in, in uh, both the, the uh, geographical areas, India, as well as Australia, I have two specific questions for you. One is, uh, when you moved to Australia, and when, when you were working in India, what was the difference in the work culture? And second, when you, had, when mm-hmm. you moved to Australia, was there some sort of, or maybe you had to start for, from scratch, or you uh, had, since you had the experience, you faced any kind of challenges in, in both the countries, and what was the difference between the challenges?
1: Sure. Um, yes. Yeah, so um, when I moved over to Australia, there were, it obviously was um, a bit overwhelming at first because I was like, okay, where do I start now? Um, um, here, when I was looking for jobs, they were obviously asking that, okay, do you have Australian experience? Do you... Um, do you have you worked with any companies before so um in a way that way some things worked out well because the clients i was working for in india were all like you know i was working for big tourism brands like um tourism with sundays or the northern territory tourism in australia so i had that as in my portfolio so that was um still like an added advantage but um um I, I I joined um, ANZ and you know at a at a position so I was a coordinator at ANZ that's the position I joined at um, but I never really went on the job title I I just was like okay if this is what it is I'm going to give it my hundred percent and you know just take what I uh, learned from here and keep going forward with it um, so there were obviously few challenges. Um, because when you move overseas, there's difference in the work culture there's difference in way in the way the processes are, the way um, even you know marketing works because um, for example, even crafting messages for um, for your social media platform or writing a blog was quite different to the way I did it back home in India um, here and I had to really adapt to the different way of writing I think that was one key. Um key differences that I noticed um where you know I was coached and uh, I was told all the time that okay, you know in India sometimes I think we tend to write a bit more formally, hmm. and here um people tend to be a bit more informal um in the communication, so you want to really personalize your communication and write your copy in a way that is more um interesting and um you know like your storytelling and I think back home i didn't um didn't do that so much uh or in my career at least back I didn't have that much of it was more formal communication um, that I was exposed to and here I learned how to be flexible and adapt to the new ways and the, way, the, the, the things working out um, in terms of work culture I think one of the key differences that I noticed that you know um, um here it's uh, there's a lot of autonomy in your work like if you take a Take up a particular project. It's like you're responsible for it, and you know you make those decisions. You have that autonomy, and you know you make sure you deliver it on time. Apart from that, there is um, you know it's not like you have to report in every day to your team or your team manager and um, tell them that okay this is where I'm at. Or um, um, you know it's not like that daily communication that you have one on one every day. So um, if you're working on something, you've got like the autonomy to make decisions and run with it. Like they expect you to, you know, you have those skills, you just run with it. Um, And that took me a while because I was more used to, uh, you know, in India, you're like, okay, you need approvals. Not approvals, I mean, not in terms of budget, but say if you've written a blog piece before you publish it, I would probably ask my manager that do you think it's okay for me to publish this? But hmm. here, um, you know, I was like, oh, my, my team were more open to, you know, it was okay for me to make mistakes and learn from it. So hmm. the culture was more like, okay, it's okay to fail and then learn from it. And um, I thought that was a big, uh, big lesson that, you know, you know, you test, you experiment, and then, um, you know, make sure you don't make those same mistakes again if you've made one. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Understood,
0: understood. So, Pooja, any, uh, any specific brands, uh, both in India, Australia, or maybe worldwide, who you think have done extremely good job in communications, marketing, and digital? Any brands which you like, which you like to suggest our listeners to maybe follow and see their case studies and understand how they have built up a brand based only on communication and marketing?
1: Um, I think in terms of, like, my favorite one, um, and this is more like a worldwide plan, it's uh, the best campaigns um, that they come up with all the time, uh, is Nike, and um, I think they really do brilliant work with their digital marketing, um, and also with the meaningful content that they create to build that customer loyalty um because if we look at their recent campaign so even right now when when we've got um, you know covid and people are at home uh they're not exercising outside right so even right now um um they've come up with a campaign i think it's um, it's it's like play inside or um it's called, I think, play inside and play for the world. So it's, it's it's a campaign where they're encouraging people to work from indoors. And I think they tied up with Cristiano Ronaldo and it's like called the living room cup challenge or something. Mm. Have a look at that. I think that was really interesting mm. where he's posting workouts from his living room and encouraging people to, you know, work out and stay safe even while, uh, while they are indoors. So, um, I thought that was a really good campaign like you know that for people who you know if they've dreamt of playing for the world then now is your chance i think that's what the message was for the from them and i thought that was a brilliant campaign so i think they also um are very um timely with their messaging and you know they pay attention to the social issues around us um it's also very empathetic towards um their customers and uh and I think moreover, um, it's really meaningful content that they provide. So, I think those are the three things I love about Nike. Um, so, I think that I encourage the listeners to have a look at this campaign and even the previous ones that they've done before. Sure, sure. So, guys, I
0: will uh, put the link. I'll take the link of, of this particular campaign from Pooja. And I'll put the link in the in the show notes of this podcast. Uh, my next question to you, Pooja, is... Uh, uh, any books which you would like to recommend to our listeners book or any kind of course or any kind of podcast, any educational content which you think has helped you in uh, both communications as well as marketing?
1: Um, yeah, sure. There's one podcast actually that I would really love to recommend. Um, it's called How I Built This um, with Guy Raz. Um, I think Guy Raz, his name is. Yeah, so... Um, I think you can find it on the Apple, uh, Apple yeah. podcast app or it's even there on Android. Um, what What he talks about, like he, what he does is he dives into the stories of the world's best entrepreneurs mm-hmm. um, and will start up. Like he he has uh, entrepreneurs come on his podcast and talk about, uh, you know, all the hurdles and obstacles they face and um, how they came up with innovative ideas about their product or service. Um, And um, like, I think their last episode was really interesting. So this was a couple who formed uh, or who came, who have just started a bed linen company. And the idea that inspired them to create the bed linen came in a hotel in Las Vegas where they loved the sheets that they were in the hotel and just how they started that uh, company. So um, it's really inspiring to listen to this and, you know, learn about how, When people are starting a new business, how they look at different aspects of, you know, say, designing a product or, um, you know, even looking into the marketing and, um, uh, you know, how they build. So, uh, it's a really good one to listen to. And they they have entrepreneurs, I think, from all over the world. So, it's not just India, Australia or the US, but they have different, um, I think they even featured Airbnb some time ago. Oh, wow. Great,
0: great. So, Pooja, we have spoken uh, a lot about the positive aspects of digital, positive aspects of communication. Um, now, I wanted to move to, to the other side of, uh, of digital medium. So, so, I mean, obviously, it has happened and there have been studies also which says that if you are too much on Instagram or on Facebook and you are seeing the lives of other people at their best and you start comparing it with yourself, which leads to depression, which leads to people not feeling good about themselves also probably if you and me don't know each other and if you're talking on a digital medium the way in which I can talk to you will be different I might be bullying I might be trolling you but in real life the real person is not like that so what what are what is your take on on these darker aspects of digital and social uh, which is trolling uh, fake news uh, depression anxiety and all, all those things as well
1: Sure. Um I think on a personal level, like not as a digital market, I think each one has um, a particular um you know, you can do things to protect your own online identity and privacy. So I've wish I could have written a whole book on it.
0: <laughs> That's so, uh, plugged
1: <laughs>
0: plugged-in conversation,
1: guys. <laughs> no, I know, I understand that, but I've read your book and <laughs> I I just remember it. So um I was just saying that um, I think um, I think it's good to have a balance between how much content you're consuming uh, on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you talk just about you know the depression or anxiety that you get, um, so even even at this time um, when we've got so many um, like you know the news around or. The articles that we hear on on the social media right now are about you know coronavirus, the recession, or the economy, uh, etc. Um, so you know on a personal, if you want to keep keep track of how much content you're consuming, you could you know um, like I just try and keep 30 minutes in the morning to listen to news and wouldn't wouldn't look at anything that is news. And uh, if there's something important, I know someone else will definitely tell me about it. Mm. Um, but also in terms of tackling fake news, um, you know, just uh, be mindful about the content that you share because a lot of fake news is it is. Fake news is basically something that's misleading and that doesn't, is not supported by facts. So, um, and then it goes viral and then um, people tend to believe that this is true. And, uh, of course, there are these pros and cons of using social media that when things go viral, you know, people tend to believe that it is true. So um, always look at, um, you know, um, what's the credibility of what's the source of the content that you're looking at. And I think um, Facebook and Google especially are now taking measures to, um um you know, control the fake news that goes online, especially Facebook, I think, has new algorithms where you can, I think, take surveys and report something if you think that it is fake. So um, Mm -hmm. it's good to be mindful and just, um, you know, uh, look at the content you're consuming. And in terms of protecting your own online identity, I think, um, you know, there are different, um, you know, ways that you can do that, like, I think... Keeping track of your passwords is something that I know you have to, have to, have to do absolutely. Um, make sure that you, you know, um, you know, so that your profiles are not compromised or there is this dark web out there where, you know, you can be a target of scams or, um, you know, as you said that, you know, someone could be um, portraying as someone else and trying to scam you. Actually, we had a similar campaign uh, when I was working with ANZ that we uh, featured during um, Valentine's Day I'd like to talk a bit about it where we were trying to um, create awareness among the um, the vulnerable community so um, people who are say about uh, above 50 or 50 plus um, you know um, um, they tend to sometimes not understand um, you know how to protect their identity or how to be careful while talking online or you know transacting or you know dealing with your bank accounts etc hmm. um, so we were trying to create awareness and we had this story where there was this um, um, you know um, a 65 year old person who was um, you know being scanned actually um, by um, a woman and he he um, um, he was constantly transferring money to an overseas online account online bank account and one of the persons in the branches um you know noticed it that you know and asked him that hey why are you transferring so many um, um like such a huge amount of your savings to an uh to an overseas account and he said no she's uh, you know she's someone i'm dating and i plan to meet her and the banker immediately understood that there's something wrong because it looked a bit fishy Mm-hmm. And they called him in and they said, um, look, we really think we need to investigate this. It doesn't seem to be a legitimate account that you're transferring money to. And he's um, like, no, no, she is coming to meet me on Valentine's Day. And I can tell you that she's in, she's in need of money. She needs to, uh, you know, pay for her health and, you know, all these other things. Mm-hmm. And um, um, we were like, okay, you know, he wasn't. He he wasn't aware about what was happening, and then eventually he walks in after a few um, few weeks or a couple of days, and he told the branch manager that hey, look, what you were saying was right. Right, you know this this woman whom I was talking to online, she didn't actually turn up, oh, and now I don't know how to contact her. Oh, so it was an online scam, and we we're trying to raise awareness among how um, you know the the vulnerable age group, especially the community, can sort of uh, create. Um, uh, stay protected and um, make sure that their online identity is not compromised. It's just something to be mindful of.
0: Mm-hmm. I think this this actually is, is a really uh, great work not just and I think somebody who has been seeing these transactions happening and this person has actually gone out of his way also to help the customer. This also leads to us uh, talking about how important is to help your customer when you think they are doing something wrong, although this was not this person's job but he but he got out of his way and helped help the customer I think this is something which which builds customer loyalty as well
1: yes that's absolutely true because he was able to sort of save the customer from you know sending more money or um, you know from um, you know compromising on his savings account so um, yeah I mean um, even when I work, so in my when I was working with the bank, there were programs that we did to train and educate our um the frontline bankers who are working directly with customers to you mm-hmm. know to to help them understand the basics of cybersecurity and uh, you know how they can protect their customers. So if they see something fishy, mm-hmm. then um they can actually contact the, the customer and uh, reach out to them and you know have that conversation with them. Mm-hmm. So, this question is,
0: is for me, Pooja, if, if I want to learn more about cyber security, are any books or any podcasts or any courses which you would like to recommend?
1: Um, well, I, to, to be honest, I pretty much learned this while I was on the job, but mm. um, there are um, there are courses, um, I think there's, uh, in. I'm not sure about which one is in India, but mm. there is uh, there are courses internationally that offer like um, um, like a short course in cybersecurity or protecting your online identity mm-hmm. and I think a few ones Coursera has recently just released um, um, a few courses and they have a few really good ones on how you can uh, learn the basics of cybersecurity. Sure sure sure
0: thanks I will I will definitely go through them as well uh, my next question to you uh, Pooja is since you have been in the industry from last 11 years and you have seen as you mentioned you have seen events you have seen marketing communications and all the aspects of marketing uh, what are the top five traits which you would like to recommend to our listeners who who are planning to get into digital marketing what are those five qualities which everybody should have to get into digital marketing
1: sure sure um I think one of the things is um, digital marketing is an ever-changing industry, you know? So you, you know, I think every time there is a new change, like you just jump on it and, you know, you try, I think having that curious mindset, I think is really important. So keep willing, keep an open mind and keep, uh, um, keep an open mind to really try and test new ideas and new things and so say, if you think, uh, uh, you know say Instagram has now released a video feature how can you use that you know for your brand campaign it may be you know I mean they say there's no idea that it's stupid I think Swiggy did something really cool uh, in India when I was there uh, mm-hmm. they used their voice app for the voice of hunger campaign mm-hmm. I think um, so I think you know just think about all the possibilities like you know that you can do with the new features So keep Keep an open mind to try new things have an uh, have an always learning attitude so that you know you can keep up with everything that's going on. Um, the other thing I would highly recommend is build your own personal brand so just the way you would think about uh, you know working for a, your digital marketing company or your um, you know say a particular client think about how you can uh, use the same skills for your own purposes and, like, you know, have a website of your own. If you've got um, opinions um, or, you know, share your views, say, on LinkedIn articles or on Medium or on Twitter and uh, so that, you know, you've got an online presence as well because this is what um, makes it really important. It kind of shows that, you know, you're really... um, you're really out there and you've got a voice so i think that that is really important and i think be adaptive because things change like um that's something that i have learned like things change very quickly in uh, digital and tech like so i think it's really important to be adaptive as well mm-hmm. so uh puja my
0: uh, next question to you is i know it's a very uh cliched question and I get different answers from different people when I ask them about this is uh, do you actually think that traditional media will die down in, in next few years?
1: Um, to be honest I don't think it's going to die down. Um, it I think digital marketing works best when it's in conjunction uh, with traditional and then both of them together sort of cohesively contributing towards a bigger picture or like a broader, um, you know, um, broader piece of work. So, you know, your, the question that, you know, you need to think when designing either a traditional marketing piece or whether you're doing like a Facebook post or a digital uh, marketing piece is what is in it for the, what is in it for the customer or what is in it for the reader? And if if it's, if it's, if it's serving that purpose then um you know it 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 will work really well um, so, um like there is a part like there are there's going to be a part of the community i think who will definitely still um, respond to traditional marketing and um, there's a lot of uh, Gen X and I think millennials who are more online so that's Mm -hmm. that's where you find them and there are pros and cons to using both but my opinion is that you know both work really well when they are um, you know in conjunction together Mm -hmm. Um, like um, for example I did um, so I think Uber has just recently released a new video ad saying thank you for staying home and you know um, uh, at this time Um, Mm -hmm. and the other day I was in a bus going to get something and I saw on the highway that you know we hope you're not taking it you're not riding with us and thank you for staying at home so Mm -hmm. it was a billboard advertisement on the highway so I think that was really cohesively working with the campaign Mm -hmm. that they were trying to um, you know spread the message of staying indoors during this time Mm -hmm. so that's Works really well then.
0: And uh, what do you think about, so I mean, you mentioned it's it's a very dynamic field. We don't know what is going to happen tomorrow. Every day there's a new thing which is coming up. But uh, based on your understanding, where do you see uh, digital marketing in the next 5 to 10 years?
1: Um. Well, I think it's really here to stay. It's definitely something that's going to be used more and more over a period of time um, as the world goes digital and we tend to sort of uh, now work even more virtually and, uh, you know, that locate, the location time is sort of taken away. Um, however, I think a few things that will definitely come up, um, I think one is data. I think the importance of data is going to definitely grow bigger and bigger. Um the way we use data to you know look at customer journeys or how what um what are the criteria that a customer is looking at when they are buying a particular product or service where where are they coming from? are they coming from a website are they coming from uh your social media for so really looking at the data analytics side and using that data to you know improve your services I think that that is something that's going to be really big in the future. Um And I think also um personalization um, in all the marketing like you know say there's, mm. there's an ad that's particularly targeted towards towards me say if I'm looking for something online um and um, you know it comes up with with my with exactly what I'm looking for then i'm- te- I tend to click on it and I know that I may even eventually buy it, so that personalization is going to be big um, in the near future hmm. um, I, think I, think think if is, I think sorry I think uh, what, what Puja
0: mentioned about data privacy and personalization are both oxymorons but probably marketing has to find a way there's a very thin line between both these uh, points which Puja has been talking so probably marketers have to find a way out so that you're not breaching somebody's privacy but still giving them a personalized experience here yeah, absolutely. Sure, you're you're saying something, your Sorry.
1: No, sorry. I was just saying that the other thing I think that will pick up really well is um, is video marketing. Hmm. So um I think with a lot of focus now on video um you know short snappy quirky videos I think um, that trend is about to pick up and it's more like I'm, I haven't looked at other platforms like TikTok and Snapchat which are uh, now coming up and brands are looking at ways to optimize and you know, looking at an opportunity to see if they can market themselves there. Um, but um, I think video marketing is definitely um, is, is something that, will, that, will, that is here to stay and will grow bigger and bigger eventually. Because you can, you know, um, how many times do we remember that, you know, you you've, uh, say, for example, if I were to give, um, it, it's a Dyson vacuum cleaner, So if I get a sales call or a telemarketing call from Dyson saying, "Hey, we've got a new vacuum cleaner. Hmm. Um, um, It's you know it's got these 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 features. One two three. It's for this month. Do you think I'm going to buy it? Maybe not. Um, If I have a Ebook or a manual um, from Dyson, maybe I won't buy it. But if I see a video with all the features mm-hmm. and the way it cleans, I can see that okay, it's cleaning pet hair, it's, it's so super fast, it charges, etc. It's showing me all the features, then mm-hmm. I, may, um, I may decide to buy it. So I think, um, and video is obviously being used in a very, very creative way by a lot of brands. So mm-hmm. um, I think that that is another trend that is uh, going to pick up even more.
0: Mm-hmm. So I have a very weird theory about uh, this puja. What you mentioned, I think, as a human race, we are becoming extremely lazy. There was a time when we used to read yeah. uh, uh, hardcore uh, uh, books. Then we moved to e-books. Then we moved to uh, blogs. Then we moved to micro-blogs, Then we moved to audio books. And currently, we are moving at video. So I, <laughs> I personally, I, yeah. I am somebody who. Uh, who tries to get uh, knowledge and content from all the formats. But I think this is a small transition which is happening. And by now seeing TikTok videos and all those in secondary video, I think as a human race, we are uh, trying to become as lazy as we can so that we don't have to read, we don't have to listen to audiobooks also and just go and see videos. So probably if, if there could be a chip which can be inserted into somebody, I so that this this contains <laughs> knowledge of thousand books. I think that is the f- future which I think about content and the knowledge economy.
1: Yeah, I think that, that, that's very true, Abhishek. And I think even the attention span, if we think about uh, it, I mean it's getting less and less. I think it yeah. was at some stage eight seconds, and now it's not even six seconds, um, right. you know, that you just turn the page or war you delete something or click on something so um, yeah that, that's true we are getting lazier by the day yeah, I think
0: you should give give a suggestion to your father to convert all those books into a small chip and then start selling it if if the technology permits it
1: it will be a big hit yeah I'm sure <laughs> I think I can give this to him right now he's, um, he's at home and just and trying to read all the books that are in the shop oh, um, wow. Wow. you know without uh yeah, because it all shuts <laughs> down.
0: Great. So to all the listeners, great insights coming from Puja. And while we we're talking to Pooja, we we're also discovering new things about marketing and what will be the future of marketing. So uh, Pooja, Puja, any specific campaign which you have done for your clients which you are very proud of or which, which you would like to talk to our listeners about?
1: Um I think this was um and this is more um A corporate communications or a digital marketing uh, or an internal campaign that we did when I was um, working with ANZ. Mm. Um, So, this was um, so we have a tool called Yammer, and um, I'll just explain what the tool is. Um, So, it is an internal um, collaboration tool. So, it is like your Facebook, um, but it is used to to collaborate with you know employees within your organization so who are probably spread over different geographies, so say if, uh, if I'm in Australia, I can probably com- communicate and collaborate with someone in Philippines or someone who's working in the India office and share ideas or solve problems with them and uh, you know learn new things um, and this is what I was doing um, at ANZ. Um, in my role um and one of the campaigns we did was around uh, plastic Free july mm. um so uh, we wanted to encourage um you know um employees across the different offices so we've got offices in philippines in india and uh, various other 37 countries across the globe and um we wanted to encourage them to share their ideas on how they can reduce uh, the use of plastic mm. um so we had started you know sharing stories about we had our green ambassadors from the office sharing that okay we've got plants in the office or you know we are bringing our own um, um lunch boxes and you know for takeover meals, so we take our own boxes etc and um um one of the things that um we did was, so our CEO, um, um, he just jumped onto the platform on, on Yammer and he said that, okay, this is coming up and um, Plastic Digital is coming up. What do you think we can do in the offices that we could reduce plastic? So he just jumped on there and people, um, you know, people just started responding to his uh, to his comment and Uh, to his post and sharing all these different ideas about hey, we can maybe, can we think about reducing uh, the printing that we do every day in the office or uh, can we've got, um, you know, can we relabel the recycle bins and make sure that we create campaigns around Uh, you know, how we educate people to use the recycle bin and so many other ideas that came through. And then the sustainability team actually um, looked into all those ideas and they were able to implement a few of them. So I think that message, uh, and it wasn't something um, that, you know, required a lot of effort, but coming from the CEO, it was, it created that um, authenticity around, uh, a, you know, a leader actually wanting to listen to our ideas and, um, you know, making this successful. So, you know, they had that, uh, you know, um, employees had that connection with him where they were able to directly talk to him and um, share their ideas. But they wouldn't be able to do it on email or, you know, on um, say on a call if they were on a call with with him or in a in a you know conference with him but they were able to do it on Yammer, So um, we actually um, ran a few other, other campaigns around um, environmental sustainability that were really successful um, here. And we won an award for this as well uh, globally. Mm-hmm.
0: So great, great campaign. Puja. Uh, now as we move to the end of uh, our podcast, uh, I have two hypothetical questions for you. The question number one Mm -hmm. is, uh, if you could get into a time machine and go back in your time and if you could change any decisions, anything, any mistake which you made in your career, uh, what could you do with that time machine? And in the same time machine, if you could go ahead 10 years, uh, where do you see yourself and what do you think you would be doing in, in next 10 years?
1: Oh okay. Okay. I think first if you give me a time machine, I would I would want to work with NASA <laughs> <laughs> and maybe, you know, go to the moon. Uh, but okay, jokes about um that's just um, um
0: yeah, I'm but if I look back I C-
1: think uh,
0: sorry? And not enroll for CA.
1: No, no, that that's definitely <laughs> I don't regret that decision of leaving uh CA. Um, uh, no, I definitely I I think, um, I think I uh I made the right decision then of the I think than a CA. The, the happiness
0: level of a marketer is, is pretty high as compared to a CA. That's what I feel.
1: I think so. I agree <laughs> with that. Uh, yeah.
0: Okay.
1: Um, no, but if I really look back ten years down the line and um I think um I think from every every job or every project that I've worked on there's always some learning or some lesson that I've picked up and then used along the way so I don't really think that I would change anything uh it just happened the way it was supposed to work out for me and I think eventually it will work out you know uh in the way it will in future for me um but I definitely plan to be in in um, the digital and technology space because that's something of that is of, uh, that I'm highly passionate about and to learn more and more about, um, you know, data and um, cybersecurity, privacy, and uh, how I can use some of these skills, how I can use the basic marketing principles to sort of create awareness about uh, the importance of data and privacy.
0: Great, great, Puja. It was really great talking to you after such a long time. Anything which I have missed you, which you'd like to tell our listeners so our listeners are a lot of a lot of them are students a lot of them are aspiring digital marketers any advice any wisdom which you would like to share with them
1: um i think um i would just say that just jump in and take everything as an opportunity so if you if you if you see an opportunity just um look at what you can do and keep an open mind um try and diversify your experience and, um, you know, learn about all the different things that you can, Um, I think. um, And also, um, I think, learn, um, think about how you can grow your network, you know, talk to different people, you can attend conferences or meetups where you can, um actually learn from bigger brands and um learn you know listen to their stories or listen to podcasts about what others are doing and learn from there um and I think find a mentor I would emphasize on that because uh, I've had mentors along my entire career and uh, I think without them I wouldn't wouldn't have been where I am today so I think it's well even now uh, in Australia at this time I do have a mentor who's uh, encouraging me and, you know, who who um, always guides me in a way that I need, when I need support and uh, guidance for my career. So I think it's really important. I would emphasize on on that. If you can find a mentor, whether it's, it's in the industry or it's in, that, in your profession or a completely different profession, to um, try and, uh, you know, uh, get some coaching from them and have one-on-one sessions with them on their monthly basis. Also. So it really, really helps.
0: Mm-hmm. Great Puja, thanks a lot for coming on this podcast. And if our listeners want to get in touch with you, how can they? How can they get in touch with you?
1: Um, you can find me on uh, LinkedIn. I think um, that's the best way, and I'm happy to you know answer any questions. So uh, it's oh. Puja Jirajani uh, on LinkedIn, and you can I can share the link, and um, I'm happy to connect with. Uh, with anyone if you've got questions or if you want to know more, um, I'm happy to answer anything. So, but thank you, Vishay. Thank you for having me on your podcast and um, thank you to all the list- listeners for being so patient and listening to all my stories. I hope there was enough masala in it as well.
0: Yes, yes, it was full of masala, uh, Pooja, and I even I was not aware that you did half CA and half NASA, so <laughs> thanks. <laughs> for coming on this podcast. And guys, those who are listening to this podcast, I'll be back next week with a new guest soon. Uh, You can reach out to me at Abhishek Rajprohit on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, or you can also mail me at abhishek at cdmc.co.in. So all the best. Enjoy your week and I will see you guys next week. Thank you and God bless all